We are changing the global conversation on emotional health and self-love. Our feelings are just feedback. And that feedback is constantly giving us valuable insights as to what still needs to be healed. It is that simple. (laughs) It is that complicated. When you continuously follow your passion and do what brings you joy, adding more pleasure and fun to your life, you can't go wrong. You can't fail. I pinky swear that to be true. Welcome to How to Be a Human with Lise Wilcox. I love this conversation. Hello, and welcome back to How to Be a Human, the podcast with Lise Wilcox. If you're listening to this thinking, does Lise live on a different planet? Sometimes I think the answer is yes, but in in um, this specific situation, if your sound sounds just a little bit wonky, like I'm wearing a space helmet, it's not extraterrestrial. It We are in fact still recording how to be a human. Um, it's just something is so weird with my own recording device. And frankly, I don't have the energy to really troubleshoot it. So my podcast guy is so good at course correcting sound. My hope is that this sounds better for you than it does for me as I'm recording it. But if not, you know, this is life and nobody said it was going to be perfect. Um, But we're going to do the best that we can or die trying, right? Today, I am just so giddy. Um, I'm speaking with Dr. Jeremy Goldberg. You probably already follow him on Instagram at Long Distance Love Bombs. And this guy is amazing. Um, If you go to his website, longdistanceloveboms.com, and you go to the about section, you'll see this amazing photo of him holding up a business card that says Jeremy Goldberg, compassion, cultivating, day-making change agent, empathy, collecting, anti-quitting word wizard, chief burrito appreciator, mm -hmm, aspiring to inspire, struggle overcoming ranter in charge, ferocious idealist, never giver upper, a love bombing kindness pirate. This guy is so legit. I am such a fan. Um, his mission is to make kindness cool, empathy popular, and compassion commonplace. As a part of that purpose, he writes articles, sends emails, hosts retreats and workshops in the before time, gives TEDx talks, coaches clients, hosts a podcast, writes books, and makes spoken word poetry videos. He's active on Facebook and Instagram, leading an online tribe of more than 35,000 badass humans. If you want to learn more, you can contact him directly via the website or via Instagram. He, he, like myself, writes back to all Instagram messages, and I just think that's a class act. Um, I think it's worth mentioning, too, in his bio, it actually says, my name is Jeremy. I founded Long Distance Love Bombs, and I'm fucking stoked to meet you. <laughs> oh, Jeremy, you are my kind of guy. So, my friend, Jeremy, welcome to the show. It's really nice to see you. I just had a mouthful of tea, but I am so glad to be here too. I'm stoked to chat with you, Elise. Um, now, I want to ask your permission first to be able to call you Jeremy. I feel like if I had a PhD, I would basically oh. demand people call me Doc all the time. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've um, confirmed that my girlfriend only call me Dr. Goldberg uh, at all times for my <laughs> ego. Uh, no, of course. It, yeah, it's funny, like... I forget that I have a PhD until people ask me that yeah. or I get that email to me, you know, like how, yeah. how do you want to be referred to or a little say like Dr. Jeremy? I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Uh, no, totally fine. But you're cool. Jer is Jer too far. To what you just Jer's like my friends and family call me Jer. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> 
I love that. Well, I'm really happy that you're here. Really, really happy that you're here. We're going to talk about how to be a good man. Yeah. Which I think is timely all the time. There's something about 2020, 21 that I find particularly and exceptionally well-timed about this conversation. Yeah. I mean, there's been a lot going on, uh, first of all, but I agree. I think, um, I think for movements in general or mass societal evolution, it always seems to be like a good time to talk about big, important things. Mm -hmm. And I think masculinity uh, is one of those things over the last several years that has been brought to the forefront in a really powerful, beautiful way, Mm -hmm. albeit in a, what's the, what's the phrasing of like the me too movement and the patriarchy and all of these things are being brought up. Um, but I think it's, I think it's a really wonderful and important conversation to have. And I'm honored to be asked to talk about it. Well, I'm so glad that you said yes. It's always, you know, it's always that like, there's that like dopamine high of pressing the send button on an invitation email or a pitch email. And then Mm. like, the subsequent high of hearing a response back, particularly when it's positive. So I'm really happy. Right. Yes. No, I get it. Like I've got a podcast and I was, I think my hit rate is maybe 40%. Yeah. Of like, Hey, you want to be on my podcast? Like, yeah. No, I'm good. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm just not going to take that personally. <laughs> well, okay. I was debating whether or not to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this. I had somebody else previously like months ago lined up to have this conversation. He's also has a huge Instagram following He's like an ex-football guy, like pro football guy turned personality. And he's like, he seems to exude a lot of masculinity in a really, uh, in like a very grounded and positive way. And I was like, this is going to be a perfect conversation. He was totally on board. We had like a pre-screen phone call to make him feel comfortable. And then he ghosted me. (laughs) He ghosted me in the process of pitching. And I was like, oh my God, he stood me up for one podcast. And then I never heard back from him again. So I feel like this is an exceptional conversation because sometimes how to be a good man. It's not, it's not so cut and dry. It's, it's funny. Cause as you were telling that story, I, I almost said like, Oh, is it yeah. Cause I, <laughs> maybe no. And I think you, you do. Then, I think you do. And then it was a plot twist and I was like, Oh, I know that's interesting. Well, anyway, I'm glad and honored to be your second choice. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, happy to jam. I feel like it goes sec- first, the worst, second, the best. So, I mean, yeah. we're just going to do Maybe, this. I mean, who knows? It, it wasn't meant to be, or yeah. maybe that person was going through a lot or Absolutely. lost a loved one. Or, Absolutely. Knows? I just thought the timing of it was pretty funny. But anyway, yeah. so here we right. are. I'm just going to launch it over to you. You know, what's your notion? <laughs> having done having done so much work with men, you know, working on the Good yeah. Men Project, I feel like you might be personal friends with Mark Groves. That's just a, a hunch that I have. I Yes. Yeah. I talked to him yesterday and texted him like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right so he's a, he's a pal. Um, so like, I need a jumping off point though. Like what, what do you want to okay. get out of this conversation or what do you think would be valuable for your listeners? Like, well, I'm going to tell you a story first. So a number okay. of years ago, a number of years ago, probably seven years ago, I was in a much, much different place in my life and hadn't even really tapped into spirituality yet, but I was like on the cusp. And one of the people who really helped like kind of pull me over the line and help me transition into that world was a woman who was, I would describe her as otherworldly, like she knew things and I had never encountered that before. And she told me again, like several years ago, she was like, Lise, in 2020, 
there is going to be a massive event. And I mean, massive event. And I'm like shaking and like starting to cry. And she was like, oh, don't worry. You're still going to be able to do things like order takeout pizza. I'm just saying it's going to be like a, a radical change in how we live our lives. And uh, or consequently, not consequently, just kind of after the fact, I left my marriage. I called time of death in my marriage, got a divorce. And in that process, you know, this woman and I were speaking again and as somebody who is single but doesn't want to be, somebody who really deeply desires true partnership. You know, I felt that way very strongly even then. And she said to me, don't worry. After this event, all of the men are going to come out of the woodwork. And she was like, and I mean the men, like the really good men. So 2020 strikes. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, are you fucking kidding me? And now here we are 2021. I'm like, okay, so I'm ready. Like I've, I'm ready to receive this. And so what's on my radar is, you know, post me Too, post fourth wave feminism, post all of the movements and really, you know, taking those giant social sociocultural bellows and smoking all the rats up to the surface what the hell does it mean to be a good man? Does that, well, damn, is that a good that jumping a really, off? Is that a good jumping off point geez, for you? That was a that was a really good. I mean, you told the story. <laughs> There's a visual about drowning rats, <laughs> and then a really powerful hypothetical or question, right? So, yeah. gosh, um, what comes up for me? So maybe. Answering that would start with what it doesn't mean yeah. to be a good man, right? So, I and that's not me avoiding your question. Yeah, I, I promise know, I that know. I will <laughs> offer ideas. So, I, I mean, I did a, a spoken word poetry video about the need for a, uh, I called it a mansformation. You like know, we like need that. to redefine what it means to be a man. And this was a thing I did a couple of years ago. And in that piece, I talked about how in our society or culture, at large, there's this idea that being a good man means that I can build things with my hand and use an ax and argue about football mm -hmm. and stare at boobs and love changing the oil in my car. And I mock poetry and I pretend I can't feel things and I'm this knight in shining armor, right? So there's one element of being a good man is that you are tough and strong mm -hmm. And that you're this um, Marlboro man caricature, 1950s, John Wayne Western fucking tough guy, yeah. right? Um, and so that's one, one area. Another is like the, um, so my friend Traver Boehm is a, a men's coach and he says there's, there's that which he describes as like the primal. Yeah. And then there's this divine, <clears throat> or sorry, it's the Marlboro man versus the nice guy, yeah. right? And then yeah. the nice guy is this like, <laughs> I don't have any opinions yeah. and I'm enlightened and I wear mala beads in Bali and I'm yeah. kind of emotionally manipulative. Mm -hmm. And I, so I, I think that a nice guy is not a good man. I think a nice guy is actually a dangerous mm -hmm. man. And okay. So what, what is a good man? So I'm in a men's group with a bunch of what I consider to be really excellent men mm -hmm. of men of high integrity, men of trust, men who mm -hmm. are, capable of holding space, yes. men, are, men who are emotional, yes. who are comfortable being emotional, who call each other forward. Yeah. And one of the things that we have discussed is that 
good men create safety. Yes. And so I think using that as an umbrella kind of visual, Mm -hmm. that then spills out in various ways. So um, safety in society, Mm -hmm. safety in culture, safety in expression, safety in conversation. Uh, We don't cause harm, Mm -hmm. right? We... um, I think like for, for one thing I've written and I'm, and I recognize this is a little bit of a rambling answer, so you can I'm here tear it apart and we can dive in. But <laughs> yeah. um, I wrote this thing years ago that said kind hearts are strong hearts. Mm-hmm. And so I think a strong man is a kind man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Being okay with emotions, all of it. Mm-hmm. So, so I think that we are in the process of kind of shaking off what we used to think mm-hmm. of as a good man. And that's changing quickly Mm -hmm. and through that quick transformation there's a lot of uh uh, it's uh it's not flowing very smoothly i think there's a lot of starts and stops and it's been a bit mm, bumpy yeah let's call it yeah um but i do think more than ever and i've been in this space for i don't know years now Mm -hmm. i think more than ever with the like there's men's work Mm -hmm. there's men's groups and these are in the common vernacular now. It's yes. like a common thing, right? People are writing books, people are giving talks. There's people like me who are sharing things openly yes. and making videos and coaching other men and yeah. trying to, we're trying, well, like we're trying, I yes. think is the point. And um, that's not to excuse the patriarchy and that's not to excuse the history of terribleness and abuse and yeah. neglect that, that men have caused, but I don't know. I'm rambling. Please get me, get me back. Okay. On track. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm like, I'm going to consciously not vomit my yeah. response back on you because I am like, I'm okay. fired up about this. This okay. is that's so beautiful. I don't think there could be a better answer. And what really stands out for me, you know, when you say like a good man, uh, is, is one who holds space, who is strong in that they provide security. They are emotional. They're open. They're honest. There's integrity. There's safety. All of this present. We're talking about a values-based man, right? Somebody who's who's based in values, who's based in self-awareness. Somebody who has permission to tap into what I would argue is that divine masculinity, right? Not the not the cowboy trope. Although I do like the cowboy trope and not the like, not necessarily the woodsman trope, but I also like the woodsman trope, but it's not about that. And it's not about the pendulum, you know, swinging so far on the out, the other side that this is so extreme, but I'm going to say it anyway, to the extent that we neuter the men. Right. And now like nobody's allowed to be masculine or manly in any way. Cause they're so caught up and like, well, I gotta be the nice guy. So, you know, we betaized the men And if I always look to pop culture to see, like, it's so fascinating, like, how it's supporting trends or how it's leading trends in our own dialogue, right? And if you look to, you know, those those comedies of, what, the 90s, I guess, early 2000s, you'll see it. Like, there's this this swing from, this departure from this, like, 70s style, incredibly alpha but over-domineering, like, unavailable man – misogyny to this like beta, you know, kind of frumpy, doesn't really have it. It's like, no, that's not right either. And so I, I love witnessing the pendulum swinging back to center, which is, I think, 
what we're really talking about is almost granting permission to be there, like granting permission to be, uh, granting permission to men to be in that space, to honor their own divine masculinity and to appreciate and like reframe masculinity, not as a trope, not as even a, not even as a definition, but as like a series of qualities and characteristics and values that come out of that incredibly divine place. I mean, yeah, that was so eloquent. And, um, and I think of course we should raise the asterisk slash caveat that when we talk about manhood and masculine dynamics, it's, it's an energetic masculine versus feminine and there's a specter of genderms and all are welcome, et cetera. And we're speaking somewhat heteronormatively, Mm -hmm. um, just for ease of discussion, Mm -hmm. I suppose. Um, but yeah, it's that. So that fifties trope of the cowboy, cowboy Marlboro man Mm -hmm. is I don't feel emotion. I don't need anything. I offer strength. I offer strength and protection and security, but nothing else. Yeah. And I offer those things at the expense of my own internal dynamic. And so the lone wolf mentality, if I don't need anything, I'm good. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, I'm quietly suffering. I drink too much. Um, I avoid things. I'm not fully whole. And in that sense, I'm denying part of my emotional experience and thus I'm not actually fully alive. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is dangerous. Mm -hmm. And then the other side with the, forget what you called it, like the the nice guy kind of paradigm. Which I would say is like the beta. beta Yeah. The beta. Right. So, so in that dynamic, then I'm not standing up for myself. Mm -hmm. Whatever you want is fine. I don't have needs. I don't have desires. Um, I'm kind of slippery. Yeah. Right. And so because I don't speak up for what I believe and what I want, I cannot be trusted. Yeah. And that lack of trust is dangerous. Yeah. And it's a lack of security. When trust is not present and integrity or boundaries are not present, then safety and security also cannot be present. Exactly. You cannot create safety without trust. Yeah. Right. And so if you are, if you are that version of a man, Mm -hmm. who's going to, Who's going to trust you? Yeah. Right. And so I think there's like that Goldilocks dynamic, yeah. like not too hot, not too cold, <laughs> yeah. but like just right. Whereby you are, uh, so I am like, as a dude, I'm present and I'm, I'm hearing other opinions and I am standing up for what I believe is mm-hmm. right. And I'm speaking uncomfortable truths. Mm-hmm. And I'm also at the same time, oh, humble enough and open enough to consider that like, what if I'm wrong? Mm-hmm. I can change my mind. Mm-hmm. I can learn new things, right? I'm not tied. My identity isn't tied to any specific personality type. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm open to changing. Right. And I think that that's a, a big component too, is, is recognizing the egoic mm-hmm. contribution to identity and this perceived strong man or mm-hmm. good man. Right. What's so interesting to me is that, and I still, I really want to frame this conversation through the lens of how to be a good man, but in, you know, that mirror reflection back is as those tropes are evolving throughout time and culture and space, I want to just quickly look at the, the mirrored reflection back of what that means for women, right? And then, and we can do that vice versa. Like when women are this, men are that, when men are that, this, or women are this, <clears throat> even though that's a little clunky to say. So if you look at that, like Marlboro man, we're talking like Don Draper, the fifties, sixties man, like 
en masse, then the trope of a woman is she's just a good little woman, right? Just good little wifey. I use the word just like that's so diminutive. Like she's just a little woman who caters to the, to the needs and the whims of men. And then as that evolves and we see women's empowerment and, and feminism and liberation, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Now we've actually moved to this like wild swinging pendulum of like, now we have so many alpha females, right? And like, I'm going to do it all. And I can have it all because we fought for it. And now, damn it, I'm going to do it all. I'm going to do it all perfectly. And that's this like, counterweight to this beta male who doesn't really have any opinions or any presence or any integrity. Now, all of that, like all of those additional roles and services now get piled on top of the woman or the, the, the feminine energy or really the female um, in that relationship. And that doesn't work either because now we have like an entire generation of women who are uncomfortable being women or uncomfortable truly expressing their femininity, their divine femininity, because now our perception is, oh shit, if I let my guard down and ask for help or delegate or like be emotionally available and open, now that's a sign of weakness. So what's so interesting to me is that as the pendulum continues to find center for good men, it continues to find center for good women. And I think you know, from where I come from, what we're really talking about is that balance and that blend of divine masculine and feminine energies, constantly playing, constantly evolving. And how does it go? Like water, water seeks its own level or water always finds its own level. Have you heard that? I don't know. When you pour water into a container, it always takes the shape of that container. And let's say I pour it into a glass and I tilt the glass, water continues to stay level as opposed to taking the shape of the of the Mm. angle. And I feel like with, you know, our sexual energies, that's the same conversation is that we need that duality. We need the polarity. And if one goes down, like if that masculine energy goes down, feminine energy goes up in each of us. And if the feminine energy goes down, the masculine energy goes up. So it's about trying to find, you know, water seeking our own level internally. And then in a relationship context or relational context, finding or seeking out that partner for whom they're also at the same process of balancing those energies. Yeah, I agree with that. And so to continue that a little bit, if you are a female CEO, boss bitch, Mm -hmm. kicking ass all day, running a company or uh, et cetera, it's a very like masculine kind of energy to embody. Right. Mm -hmm. And and we've seen that over the last couple decades, right. Mm -hmm. Where women are wearing, pantsuits and they're leading the board of directors and they're kicking ass and they're, they're out of the home and they're no longer just a housewife or a Stepford wife. And they're, they're, they're really doing, doing all the things that they should be doing really is like, there's that equality. Like you want to run a company? Great. Um, And then at the same time, as you were suggesting that that dynamic then would be kind of paired with uh, a male, Mm -hmm. a man who's a little bit softer, right? It's more so then what happens is to keep that balance, the female is more in her masculine energy and the male is more in the feminine mm-hmm. energy. And that's kind of it's like un I don't want to say unnatural, but it's un unbalanced, yeah. right? And so what you're suggesting, I think, is like finding that not too hot, not too cold, yeah. whereby again, for it for a good man who can create safety, mm-hmm. that means that a woman who is in her masculine energy, Mm -hmm. 
throughout the day Mm -hmm. can then come home and soften Yes, that she can trust (laughs) that the man can hold space. Mm -hmm. She can surrender. She can flow, right? It doesn't have to be, uh, she doesn't have to be in control all that time because there's a true partnership. It's like, yo, you just got home. Like I got this. Like I'll make dinner. I'll take the trash out. Like go, go lay down, read a book, make Mm -hmm. a bath. Like it's Mm -hmm. fine. Or, oh, you had a bad day? Like, talk to me about it. Mm-hmm. Like, I can take it. Like, I'm not scared of emotion. I'm not scared of your anger or your rage. Like, you can be everything that you need to be for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going anywhere, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then that, I think, is what you're, what you're alluding to is creates that full dynamic for, for her to be fully herself. Yeah. And then it creates safety as a relationship, as a couple, for me to be fully myself, where yeah. sometimes... I need to soften and I need to be like, yo, like the other day I I had a really hard conversation and went in the other room and I'm like, can I have a hug? And I just like started crying. Mm -hmm. And my girlfriend's like kind of shocked and surprised because I'm not really a crier. I'm like, I just need, just need you right now. Um, And we've created that dynamic relationally whereby she knows, (laughs) she hundred percent knows that she can, she can trust me and I can trust her. Uh, I love that. I love that example and that illustration. And it really speaks to the safety that has to be created. And, you know, Mm. part of creating safety and and holding space is offering that up without judgment, without having the fear of persecution or the fear of being rejected, right? In In my own relational coaching work, it's all about having safety in the fullest expression of who you specifically are. Mm. period. So I think that what I'm hearing from you is, is exactly that is, you know, in your own lens, your own context, your own balance of energies, it really still comes down to having the the safety to fully express who you are as a man. Yeah. And then, I mean, as you would know, and as everyone listening knows, like relationships will expose all the things. Yes. And so (laughs) it's very, it's, it's very simple to say, create safety. Mm -hmm. Right. And in practice, what that looks like is a sloppy, messy shit show occasionally, because we have learned so many things from childhood and onwards to Mm -hmm. create safety that aren't particularly healthy or mature. Yes. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so a, a lot of, what's required to learn how to create safety and learn how to be your truest, most authentic self is to actually unlearn all of those beliefs and systems and things that you, that you have in you. Mm -hmm. Right. And so this is all just like a caveat to suggest this isn't simple. I mean, it's simple, but it's, it's complex at the same time. It's a simple idea of it. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. One of my isms, like one of my favorite mm-hmm. things to say is it is that simple. It is that complicated, like, because they're the same, mm-hmm. right? It's what we're talking about is absolutely so simple. Oh, great. We mm-hmm. create safety by really figuring out what our own patterns and triggers are and then doing it differently. If, if it serves to do us different, mm-hmm. that's so mm-hmm. simple to wrap your head around. So it's so it's fucking complicated. Just, just, regulate your, you. yeah, just regulate your nervous system. It's fine. What are, it's it's, it's like, oh. a big deal. Just change all your fear responses neurologically mm-hmm. and, and subconsciously and you're Honestly, you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you, know, you want to be enlightened? Just live in the present. It's not a big deal. Just love yourself. Like, what's the big yeah. deal? When you love yourself, it all gets better. It's like, oh my yeah. God. It's- and like, you see these, these like 
speakers and people on yes. the internet, right? It's like, it's not hard, guys. Just love yourself and be <laughs> present. It's like, that's so fucking hard. I know, like, I know. I get, I get the concept, but yeah. in practice, um, and so, so it's a practice, right? It's mm-hmm. a process. And so all of the stuff that we've touched on so far requires self-awareness. Mm-hmm. So the cultivation of self-awareness itself is a process. <laughs> yes. And then the dedicated, disciplined, committed path Mm -hmm. to continue walking even when it feels uncomfortable Mm -hmm. like you want to just stop so knowing that it is all literally all a process that it all takes time it's all you know informed by different experiences and the healing of several lowercase s selves as we go and like the integration of all those little selves into Mm -hmm. one if we kind of start at the end and work our way backwards starting at the end what are some other like lived examples, maybe even in your own life, if you're comfortable sharing them of like, what does integrity look like? What does building trust look like? What does is, you know, we've talked about this a little bit, but what does Mm -hmm. holding space look like through that lens of like the, the good man 2.0? Yeah. Jeez. These are good questions. So what does integrity look like to me? Integrity looks like, um, doing the right thing when nobody is watching. Yes. Integrity looks like uh, closing the gap between what I know is right and what I am doing right now. Mm-hmm. Like we all, we all kind of know what we should be doing <laughs> and how we should be acting. Right. Like we kind of know that, you know, fried Twinkies are not the <laughs> best thing, like not the best thing for our health. Right. Um, and we kind of know that we shouldn't, you know, scroll on our phones for seven hours a day or whatever. Mm-hmm. We, we kind of know that we should have a hard conversation, right? And so I think staying in integrity is about uh, getting clear about the path that your highest self would walk mm-hmm. and clarifying where you're not doing that mm-hmm. and, and getting back on that path. Mm-hmm. Um, and that does lead into your question about what is trust mm-hmm. is like, it's like it starts with self-trust. Like, mm-hmm. do you do the things that you say you're going to do? Mm-hmm. Right? Do, do you follow through? Mm-hmm. Um, when do you meet deadlines? Mm-hmm. Do you achieve your goals? Right? And so the process for that, I think, like most anything, is to cultivate baby steps. Yes. It's like when you get out of bed, make your bed. Mm-hmm. Like start your day with getting something done and creating some aspect of beauty or order. Mm -hmm. Right. And so you can start habits and rituals. I have a whole program about that, but I think that's how you start to build trust is by um, keeping your word and and doing the things you want to do. Um, I think, I think that's all I have to say on that. Like what was your, you had a third one. There was integrity, trust and safety or, and holding space. Like I'd love to hear what holding space looks like from your perspective. Oh yeah. Holding. Oh gosh. What is holding space? <laughs> um, holding space is is such like a an overused trite expression nowadays in the personal development space. Mm-hmm. So, so holding space, I think, is like you generally used in the context of a conversation, most often with a loved one. And holding space looks like creating a container in which the other person feels safe and loved and received and acknowledged when they are sharing uncomfortable truths. Mm -hmm. 
And to hold space means to be present and acknowledge, but not to react, yes. not to judge, not to shame, not to fix. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like creating a vessel in which genuine connection can exist. Mm-hmm. And, and oftentimes I, I feel it's for the benefit of the other person, mm-hmm. right? Of, Hey, I just need to be heard right yeah. now, or I need to get this off my chest, or I need to clear something with you, mm-hmm. or, Hey, I need to cry right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Um, can you, can you be that person for me? Can you hold some space for me right now? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a skill and it's one of those for sure, simple, but complex things. And that, do you, that sounds yeah. easy, but it's, it's not. And it's practiced and it's like, it's a, it's 100%. like a muscle that you flex over time. Right. Yeah. Do you yeah, find so that's it for me? Do you find that in your work with men, in the in your own men's group, in your friendships, and all of the places where you are existing with other men, is there still a, a narrative that collectively you feel like is being overcome? Like trying to unlearn the old or toxic, unhealthy patterns of masculinity and trying to create or give yourself permission to be in this space in a new way, or in this like masculinity in a new way? Like, do we, like, are we still overcoming things? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Like a million percent. A million percent. Yes. <laughs> um, I just needed to hear you say that. For sure. Yeah. Uh, like, I'm in a men's group with people, if you're listening, you probably follow some of them on the internet. Yeah. Like. I'm going to guess who they are. They're, they're, Connor? like, and I won't tell you. <laughs> okay, <it's confidential>. okay. <laughs> but, but like, it, I mean, it's people that have, that have written books and yeah. have lots of followers and have yeah. done incredible, crazy things and are, are kind of put on a pedestal, certainly by some people yeah. as like, Hey, you're a good man. Like I was saying to you before we yeah. started recording that when you emailed me said, Hey, I want to have you on the podcast <laughs> to talk about what it means to be a good man. Part of me yeah. was uh, triggered and activated and small and inadequate. And I even yeah. said to my girlfriend, like, she wants to talk to me about being a good man. Yeah. And my girlfriend's like, well, yeah, you're a great man. <laughs> yeah. Like, why not you? Yeah. And I, but so I still have that small voice inside that is, that knows that I have my shit to deal with, mm-hmm. that knows that I have uh, things to work on, mm-hmm. that knows that I'm out of integrity in some ways, in some parts of my life. And mm-hmm. I'm certainly a thousand percent better than I used to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And so part of the men's group, the power of it is to hold space mm-hmm. and the, the power of that group in particular is like, these are professional space holders, yeah. professional bullshit detectors, yeah. people of high integrity that can see right through the stories and the limiting beliefs mm-hmm. and call me forward to be my best self and be yes. like, you know, I think you're, you know, and offer suggestions and love and yes. belief and like a shove forward when I need it. Mm-hmm. And so everybody that I've met mm-hmm. in my life still has their stuff. Yes. And like, and I'm friends with relationship, like your relationship coach. And like, I'm friends with relationship coaches mm-hmm. who have relationships. Yeah. And like, they still have, they still have conflict. Absolutely. They still have frustrations. It's, it's like the human experience. I, I don't think it is. Completely normal. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, I think it is a path and a process and a project that mm-hmm. is just never ending. So, and, and part of that, I think, is a really powerful reframe 
more mm-hmm. shift in terms of how you view your life. Like, mm-hmm. like the journey is the destination. Like <laughs> yeah. perfection is, is not the goal. It's <laughs> like know. compare yourself to who you were yesterday. Yeah. Right. Like, are you getting better? Are you, does your life feel easier? Yeah. Do you feel stronger? Are you more honest than you used to be? Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things, I think, are powerful benchmarks. I love that. Um, earlier in the year, when I think it was just this year, when Clubhouse like kind of like came screaming out of the gates, um, mm-hmm. I was invited to be a part of this panel and like co-host this room, talking about empowering women, empowering men, and it was it was founded by a man who was like, listen. I am here to support women in my life. And I feel like we just like, it's going to, it's going to take more men and the presence of more present men to be here in this conversation to really help empower women, which I I agree with that. Like if change involves not building a new table or sitting at separate tables side by side, it involves sitting at the same table and, and problem solving together. Right. And hearing all of the stories and hearing all of the, preconceived notions like you have to you have to speak in order to really figure out what's going on and um I eventually had to leave clubhouse because holy shit talk about like an anxiety triggering situation I like could not could not deal with it Uh, but what really struck me in that experience was I felt there were so many men who needed that permission from women in order to be like, we welcome you here. Like we welcome you at this table. We want to work together. We want to be in this together. We don't want to feel like this separation between, you know, I'm fighting for my rights over here. I'm fighting for my rights over here. I'm fighting to express myself in this way. Like just do it together. And I found that in, in those moments, in those conversations, there was so much judgment that came to the table from women towards men in terms of like, well, you know, after 200 years of patriarchy, it's like, guys, what happened has happened. Of course, we're still seeing like cascade effects from our own history, but like rewriting history isn't going to happen. It's rewriting the future that starts in the present. And if we all like can stay present and acknowledge those wounds and wounding and patterning, but be together in the safe and full expression of who we are. To me, that's how I think we like collectively affect pretty massive change. Yeah. hundred percent. Like men aren't going anywhere. Uh, there's, a, <laughs> thank God. there's a, there's a lot of us. Right. Also, and, thank so, God. and so I, I mean, just to touch on some of what you said, I think personally, and I know, you know, from other other friends and just reading things on the internet there's there's a genuine fear when all of these like the me too movement for yeah. example yeah. when that went down you'd see a lot of dudes who were like can i talk to women yeah. at work like what is okay and what is not okay because there was some righteous sacred mm-hmm. rage happening mm-hmm. and there was a lot of vengeance mm-hmm. misconstrued as justice mm-hmm. in my opinion and it's it's a very how do I, even like, even me just then pausing, was yes. like, how do I phrase this so that I don't get yes. annihilated on the internet? Let me tell how, you, I, I have right? a friend whose entire company, his entire company was shut down. Funding was withdrawn. He had an affair, really fucking yeah. stupid. And the woman was significantly younger than he was, which is even fucking more stupid. And that's it. That's it though. Like that's like, it's not right. And it's very human. It was wrong. It was a big mistake and dot, 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 dot. 
all of the investors withdrew. And as a woman, I'm like, no, that's not okay. Because there are, this is kind of extreme too, there are real victims for whom we are now ignoring uh, and, and not actually confronting the issue. And silencing men, silencing anybody is not like a healthy way to move forward. Creating an environment of fear where you have to feel like you need to take a beat before you respond, like that's not, that's not proactive for any of us. Yeah, I, I see both sides. So I, I see the side that when you talk about accountability mm -hmm. and integrity and being in a public space mm -hmm. and having a voice that other people listen to, mm -hmm. like you and I have, there's an amount, there's a, a modicum of responsibility that mm -hmm. comes with that, right? And, and to your point earlier, I think that there is a, a problematic dynamic in our society in which we undervalue apologies. Yes. And we undervalue forgiveness and we mm -hmm. undervalue the potential to change. Mm -hmm. Like I, I used to be a terrible person mm -hmm. in some aspects of my life mm -hmm. and I did terrible things mm -hmm. like not that bad, but like, I don't want you to think <laughs> no, that I like, you know, like, I, I mean, I did terrible things. I made mistakes. I was young and dumb and I, and I drank a lot and mm -hmm. I had problems and, and all of that stemmed from deep pain yes. and an overwhelming amount of emotion and trauma that I did not have the skills or knowledge to deal with. Yes. And so even when you say things um, like about that CEO that was like, well, that was a stupid thing. And that was even more stupid. It's like, yeah. And um, that, that person is under tremendous pressure as a person who's running a business tremendous and he, and, he, and he has his own shit yes and he perhaps lacked the skills knowledge abilities to deal with that and maybe he didn't have a community of like-minded men absolutely like, and, in, and instead you know, of going to the root problem yeah. or at a series of the root problems he acted out in that way instead and i mean that like Stupid, yeah, a, the wrong word to use, but no, I I understand that. Like I yeah, understand yeah. that you, very. You, yeah, I just want to like to clarify, like yeah. And so like we get, like we know that it's not like just to clarify. Like <laughs> I don't think it's okay that you cheat on your partner. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. Infi infidelity <laughs> is is wrong. Yes. I I think that like that is a that is a bad thing to do, and at the same time, I think it comes from a wounded place. Absolutely, where, it does. Like I don't think he he. Anyway, so. So that's to say that going back to the, the original idea of like, yo, men are, men are at the table. Like yeah. we're going to be around mm -hmm. and we've collectively through politics and government mm -hmm. and culture have agreed to live together in a certain way mm -hmm. for a long time. And the way that society works is that it's perpetually evolving mm -hmm. through laws and traditions and development and breakthroughs, right? So we're perpetually having a compromise mm -hmm. in government and in community and elsewhere about like how we decide to live. Mm -hmm. And so I think that conversation is necessary mm -hmm. and it's important and we need to be having these conversations. And I think that mm, there is an opportunity to engage half the population as men mm -hmm. in a way that's like it's so it's such it's such a sensitive thing right because as a dude i'm like i get it like mm -hmm. i hear it all the fucking time i've written about it 
there are problems. There are institutional widespread yes. fuckery yes. amongst a lot of men yes. who have created tremendous amounts of pain and trauma and it is bullshit yes. and I'm fired up about it and it needs to change. Yes. That said, mm-hmm. uh, some of us are out there slogging along on the front lines, taking arrows in the back daily yeah. to try to like make this happen. Yeah. Right. And so I don't quite know my point, but I just want to, I want to clarify that it's an important conversation yeah. and, and we need to be having it together. Yeah. Right. And part of that process requires us to hold space yes. when required and recognize what I just stated about yes. the the historical ancestral trauma that has been perpetuated mostly by men, mm-hmm. right? One could argue. Um, and also at the same time, recognize like the patriarchy in many ways hurts men mm-hmm. too. Absolutely. And like, that is a contentious idea yeah. of like, yo, I benefit tremendously. Yeah. I have, I have privilege coming out of my eyeballs because mm-hmm. I'm a straight white dude yeah. who grew up in Los Angeles. Yeah. I get yeah. it. And like, there's a, there's a lot in the system that fucks me up, mm-hmm. that messes up our kids, mm-hmm. that messes up our boys, that messes up our men. Mm-hmm. And so I think we need to just kind of zoom out yeah. and take a macro level view. Like, hey, how can we yeah. collectively come together to create something different and special and healing that provides the greatest amount of benefit for all of us involved? Like an equality. Yeah of opportunity, et cetera. I was just going to say that like that the notion of zooming out is it's almost always the right answer. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's such a sweeping um, generalization, but the, the, uh, the ability to just step back and, and step up and look down on it and realize this is a moment in time. How do we get a sense of relativity across, you know, five years, 10 years, a hundred years, and really look at progress measured across length of time versus moment to moment, um, mm. which I think is really expansive. It's really expansive to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. And, and it's, it's a delicate balance, right. Between acknowledging that, that we have a tremendous amount of work to do yeah, and also celebrating that we have done a tremendous amount of work. Mm-hmm. And this is how it's always been. Like I read a, God, what is it? It's like like Ibram Kendi book about the history of racism in America mm-hmm. or something like this. And it's like, oh my gosh, like in the 1600s, in the 1700s, in the 1800s, people were fighting for something important to change society mm-hmm. and to change the world and to end the fuckery. Mm-hmm. I keep using that phrase, but there's, there's always like the tip of the spear in which we are moving forward and in, initiating progress mm-hmm. and recognizing that Yes, this is as good as it perhaps has been in many ways. And in other ways, we're not even close to where we need to get. So we have got to stay on the front foot. We have got to keep um, tabs of what's happening. We cannot stand for some of this stuff that's been happening. Um, Like the Black Lives Matter Mm -hmm. movement is a a wonderful example of Mm -hmm. that. And like how overdue that is (laughs) and how long this fight has been going on. Like we we need to radically look at how we are living mm-hmm. together on this planet. Yes. Right. And so I think we, part of that process is again, like holding the space for the conversations and the dialogue and the recognition um, to hear from those who have been disadvantaged by these systems, mm-hmm. to hear from those who are negatively affected in a disproportionate manner 
simply because of the ticket that they received from the birth lottery. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're going to change the world together. That's the end. Uh, <laughs> and we have to, and we have to do it every single day and it yeah. starts and ends with you as cliche as that is. I was just going to ask that in like, as a, as a concluding statement, you know, I do have a, a ton of masculine energy. And so I, and I'm a healer. I also have a ton of feminine energy. I just have like mm. a lot of energy, but my first inclination is like, how do I fix this? <laughs> Which is softened by like, how do I personally support this? And not asking to put you as like, you know, the spokesperson for all men is, is how we fix this and how we work together. Is it yeah. just conversations? Like, is it, is it, no, honestly? I don't think so. So that I think is the starting point, yeah. but I mean, we could talk about this shit for a hundred years yeah. and, and not actually do anything yeah. Yeah. and we will have no action and thus no change. So, one way that I've heard it described that I like is this, this dude, Charles Eisenstein. Mm-hmm. He wrote a book called The More Beautiful World Our Hearts Know Is Possible. Mm-hmm. And he talks about this idea that we all recognize that it can get better, mm-hmm. that there is this more beautiful world possible. Mm-hmm. And, and he talks about how, it's like, I don't have a plan for that. I don't have a detailed roadmap, but I know that if we collectively and individually, each of us mm-hmm. can start to use our talents and abilities and knowledge in our own individual way, yes. we can eventually make it better. Right. Mm-hmm. So we need painters, we yeah. need accountants, we yeah. need politicians, each collectively uniting to push this world forward. And mm-hmm. so from a very practical individual level mm-hmm. to somebody listening to this right now, what does it mean? Mm-hmm. It means like speak up mm-hmm. when you see some fuckery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It means uh, bite your tongue mm-hmm. when you're about to say some fuckery, mm-hmm. right? It means maybe read some books, mm-hmm. listen to some podcasts, um, talk to your friends and family. Um, like one of the things in our men's group that we do at a small scale is to call each other forward, mm-hmm. but also we've agreed to go out into the world and be those men mm-hmm. who, if we see something happening, it's like, you have to speak out. Yeah. yeah. And as uncomfortable and challenging as that might be, yeah. that right. is staying in integrity. Yeah. Right. So using your voice, joining a protest, uh, giving a hug, holding a hand, um, just trying to be the best version of yourself that you can be with grace and mercy and encouragement and kindness. And I think that, I mean, as cliche and simple as that sounds, Mm -hmm. that's, I think, how we make a better world is by day in and day out showing up for ourselves and Mm -hmm. those that we care about. Mm -hmm. I think you're right. I think think it is that simple and it is that complicated. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wish I could sell you like, hey, I wrote a program, the seven steps to how to be a good man they for crack $97. Me up. They crack uh, me up, those programs. It's like, oh, is that all it takes is these three easy steps? Awesome. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know the, the answer. I mean, these are obviously, look, it's been an hour and we've touched on like yeah. masculine, feminine dynamics, Black Lives Matter, yeah. equality, systematic Affairs. change and oppression, infidelity. patriarchy, infidelity. It's like... We could spend a month and there are far more qualified people in each of those areas than I to talk about these mm-hmm. things. But I think at a, at a very grounded, simplistic level, it's like, you know, we, we have a lot of work to do mm-hmm. and we need to start doing that work. Mm-hmm. Um, ideally 
more quickly and efficiently than we have been. And so what does that mean to you? And if we frame it through like how to be a human, what does that specific question mean to you? I think it, it means be still and feel God is something I wrote the other day, which mm-hmm. is like, mm-hmm. go and get still, go and sit and get quiet and listen to your body and try to understand what it is communicating you in terms of gifts, next steps, mm-hmm. things that you individually feel called to do to help make this world mm-hmm. into the more beautiful one we our hearts know as possible, right? And when you, when you get still and feel God, it's like, huh, I need to talk to my racist mom mm-hmm. about the way that she's been showing up in the world. I need to write that book. Mm-hmm. I need to quit my job and, and go get a job in this area yes. where my heart really is set on fire mm-hmm. with passion. Like I'm, I need to start acknowledging my truth mm-hmm. and living in that integrity. Mm-hmm. Because when we're out of integrity, when we're not on our right path, then we're, we're not really helping anybody. Yeah. I love that. I can attest to that. Those moments where I have been at my most still has probably been moments in my uh, following my deepest despair. I had breast cancer a few years ago, a couple of years ago, and I remember mm. distinctly, like I can see it from here, lying, like just lying flat out on the floor, being like, what the fuck am I going to do? Like, how the fuck am I going to do this? Met with a lot of screaming, a lot of raging, a lot of crying, and then stillness. And in the stillness came this, I wrote this in my book too, but like this incredibly divine answer, which was, you're going to make this beautiful. And I remember pausing and being like, what? (laughs) Like, pardon? And like that, I heard that voice again. It was like, oh no, you're going to make this beautiful. And like tapping into those moments, no matter how you get there is, I think, you know, it's where you find the answers. Yeah. The way I describe it is heart whispers and fear shouts. Yes. So you get these little heart whispers. Yes, of like, yes. hey, yeah. make, it's so make true. it beautiful. It's so true. And then your, your fear and your brain and your ego is like, that's impossible. We need treatment. I shouldn't be laying on the ground. This will never work. I'm going to die. Ah, I'm going to fail. Nobody yeah. loves me. Yeah. And then your, your heart, your knowing, your yeah. guide, your soul, your intuition is like, yeah. just this is make this beautiful. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know. It's like, ah, that can't be the path. That'll never work. I need something more significant. I, this is stupid. It's I'm like, familiar with both of these voices. Like, yeah, just yeah. to be very, very honest. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, and like, we all have that. You know, I just maybe two days ago, I was walking down the street and I, and I saw a guy, this older man who was smoking a cigarette and he like, stamped it he finished it and he threw it on the ground and he stamped it out and he walked away and i had this little voice that was yeah. like you should say something to that guy yeah and i didn't mm-hmm. and i was like judge myself for it mm-hmm. on the rest of my walk it's like i should have i should have told that guy like hey pick that shit up like <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the like nature is a beautiful wonderland yeah. like you're part of this planet yeah. like don't don't litter yourself it's not gonna like, sweep throw itself that, up. throw that in the trash <laughs> yeah what are you doing? But so even, so that for me was a little nudge, as I said, in the day-to-day practice of, you know, I can, I can be a little better. I can cultivate my voice and my power and my truth mm-hmm. and, and speak it in a more meaningful manner, you know? Mm-hmm. Tell me a song that brings you to your knees that either like, like brings you to your knees in emotion or like revs you up. Just one of those songs that you really connect with and just can't not move. Oh gosh. Um, it's um, 
Oh, what's the title? <laughs> what's the title of it? It's a Gregory Allen Isaacov oh, yeah, is covering. Yeah. He's covering the trapeze swinger. Okay, I don't know that song, so I'm going to look it up. The, the trapeze swinger okay. is a song by I think Iron and Wine. Okay, one of those real slow, soft, yeah. like monotone people. Yeah, that's not a criticism. No, uh, but Gregory Allen Isaacov covers it. Awesome. And the video is on YouTube. It's like a one take video oh, where he's I love that. just he just knocks it out in one go, Amazing. one frame. That song is is like that's it for me. Oh, I love that. I'm going to look that up right now. Yeah. Um it has been such I'm I'm like such a fan on Instagram, but it's been such a pleasure just getting to be here for 60 minutes with you. Thank you so much for taking that time. Yeah. No, the pleasure is mine as well. This was a treat. Thanks uh, for having me. Where can people find you? Where do you prefer they find you? Yeah, I've basically locked down the phrase <laughs> long distance love bombs, awesome. except for on Twitter. Somebody <laughs> stole it from me before I could get on Twitter. Uh, so yeah, long distance love bombs is the brand. I'm on Instagram. I have a podcast mm-hmm. called the long distance love bombs podcast. You've got some cool merch. Yeah, I sell merch. Yeah. I like hand wrote a bunch of these prints with my words on it. Right on. Uh, I've got a book Right on. that's called It'll Be Okay and You Will Be Too. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Awesome. That's about it. Okay, thank you so much. There is no magic formula, except knowing that the magic formula is that we are all figuring this out, that there is no real end point. Each and every one of us is in a process of self-creation. What if there is no right way? What if there is no wrong way? What if there's just your way? How freeing would it be to know that every decision you make is the right decision for you? Can you love yourself enough to detach from outcome or from judging that things are good or bad and accepting that they just are? Yeah, you fucking can.